When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Welcome back to another episode of the same old Arsenal podcast. The same old Arsenal, always winning. The same old Arsenal, top of the league. we got to love it. I don't care how long we're going to be there for. I've had a drink on it already this weekend. We're top of the league. Quick crack that beer open. And I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. Oh, God, I am. James, how are you, sir? Never better, mate. Never better. That top of the league feeling. Oh, beautiful. Oh. Great, yeah. Great, great. We're going to get pelters for this now. Oh, no, no. All the celebrating being top of the league. Chris, how are you? That's <laughs> 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 all I got. Just chuckles. Chuckles of joy. It's chuckles great, of man. joy after yesterday. It is great. It is great. I mean, even my daughter came downstairs this morning. Dad, 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 have you seen this? Have you seen this? What, love? What, what, what? And she hands me a picture of the league table. We're top. We're, we're top. I'm like, I know, love. It's great, isn't it? Great feeling. Oh, yeah, we're top. We're top. I said, just, just in time for you to go back to school as well. So you go back to school in your Arsenal shirt. Top of the league. Lovely job. Just before we get going this evening, uh, a big thank you to Amanda for doing her post-game show yesterday. Straight after the game. Um, what a fantastic show it was. If you'd like to watch it, it is now up on our YouTube channel. You can go and have a look at it. Um, she's very good at those uh, on-the-whistle shows, I have to say. Um, I do enjoy watching them. But if you want to watch it, you can go back. It is live on our YouTube channel. Um, now up live, ready for you to watch. Can I just say as well, it's a bit of a gamble, isn't it, if you're a post-match? I mean, we do these shows kind of with 24 hours kind of elapsed. And you can take the time and you can, like, be a bit introspective and stuff. but. When you do it straight on the whistle, it's almost a bit like, what sort of bag of tricks are you going to get? Well, do you know what? That's that's wrong. Two, last season, season before that, season before that, it almost is a bit of a, 
you know, rolling the dice. But now it feels a bit like, yeah, I'll do it because we're going to be effing awesome. Oh, I, I, do you know what? I mean, do you know what? And it's interesting you say that and it's interesting what we were speaking about off there because there is a massive difference doing a podcast right on the final whistle and then doing a podcast like today, for example. Like you've just said there, we've had 24 hours to digest everything that happened, everything we watched, everything that went on. But like, let, let's let's take um, Arsenal Fan TV, for instance. When I first started watching that, when I first started watching it, that was the f- reason I watched it because I loved to see the fans' raw emotion when they came out of the ground. Because we've all done it, whether you've you know whether it's uh, you've been to Highbury, you've been to the Emirates, where you've been. I even do it. I support Cork City here in uh, in in Ireland. I'm, I live in West Cork. I travel, I, I travel all over the country. We played away on Friday night. We're seven points clear at the top of the league. We're going back to the Premier League. Big shouts to the Cork City fans if you're listening. But we, me, you know, me and the group of lads who I go to football with, we're walking, we're coming out, we're walking down the road, and we're just full of adrenaline and emotion. And you know, someone could make a killing doing Cork City fan TV, you know. Um, but you, you are right. We, we, it, but it, it's even worse when you lose. I think. Because people say, people used to say when we used to do the same old Arsenal podcast before, oh, you're not really, you don't really sound upset or you don't really sound bothered or you don't. That's because, like, you've had that 24 hours or that 48 hours to actually get over the fact that you, we got beat or something wrong went happened. So I think the post shows are a great idea. And Amanda, like I said, she's very, very, very good at it. Anyone want to add anything else to that? Go, go. Uh, we're just pointing at each other, aren't we? Yes. It's, just, it's, it's, it's exciting, isn't it? I was actually pointing at Cookie, but um, yeah, it's. I remember doing the only post show I've done is with Amanda on Boxing Day after we beat Norwich five one. So I'll go on and do every single Boxing Day, or I'll go every I'll go every single post match where we win by about four clear goals. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll take that. What about you, Cookie? Yeah, I mean, I. A lot of the stuff that I did when I used to do the old YouTubes was for probably what's how long was I doing it? Six, seven, eight years. Oh, you were doing it, it was, for a good time, man. Yeah, it was a long while. I was all post-match reaction, kind of immediate stuff, and it was always a case of getting it out kind of immediately. I'll be honest; I think that kind of killed it for me a little bit because I remember even if we did win, it was just like, okay, I've got to do this. And it kind of felt like a little bit of a chore towards the end, which is why I eventually gave in YouTube. Whereas with this, I don't know, I just feel like, like you were saying earlier, where we have that time to just process it, be a lot more relaxed about it. Even if we've had a loss, we can Mm. come on here and talk about it rationally. Whereas sometimes I feel like, you know, in my case, when I go and speak about a game five minutes after the final whistle, I'm not saying stuff that is, you know, totally on the money. Yeah, I'm not saying that everything I'm saying on here is completely factual and correct, but I feel like I'm more likely to say something that if I watched it back 24 hours later, I'd be like, yeah, I shouldn't have said that. That was yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. This, this this feels good. This feels right to me. Yeah, I think so. I mean, in the great... I don't want to bring it up now. I don't know if anyone's into the boxing. I'm a massive boxing fan. A great example of that last night was Anthony Joshua. The way he, the way he behaved last night after that fight was, you know... 
for me, it, it was horrible to see him like that. I followed him. I followed Anthony Joshua since he was as I could watch the amateur fights. I followed him right up, and to see him, he actually lost it, lost the plot last night, and and said a few things that he shouldn't have said, and acted in ways that he shouldn't have said, uh, acted in ways that he shouldn't, um, said a few stupid things, said a stupid, said a few disrespectful things to uh, Alexander Usyk. But then, even two hours later, when I'm watching the press conference. You know, he's explaining that he's done wrong and it was the adrenaline and it was the emotion. And, you know, if he had probably just walked out, then he probably wouldn't have said it. And, you know, everyone wouldn't be having this discussion. But that's what makes it, I suppose. People's reaction, people like to see, people like to see how people react. And unfortunately, people like to see bad reaction more than good reaction, don't they? As we've seen um, over the years. But anyway, less, less, less of the waffle from me. James, 3-0 away to Bournemouth. I have to admit to you, mate, I was a little bit worried about that game um, yesterday because I thought it could be a, uh, a potential banana skin, a newly promoted side. Um, I love that little ground they've got up there. It's always rocking when they play. You know, it doesn't matter who they're playing, that place is rocking um, all the time. I was a little bit worried, but by God, after five minutes, those worries um, those worries fluttered away uh, when we went 1-0 up. Um, before we get into the goals and the performances and stuff like that, give us your overall um, give us your overall take yesterday. It was fantastic. Again, I really did not expect it to be as comfortable as it was. Like, like you just said, I mean, it's hard to predict how any away game is going to go in the Premier League because it doesn't matter who you're playing. You know, if they turn up, if their fans are behind them, you could be in for a really, really tough afternoon. All, all you've got to do is look at the games that have been played today. Newcastle yeah, against mean, City, Leeds, that game. Leeds yeah. game against Chelsea. I mean, it makes our result. I mean, uh, the result yesterday was fantastic, but the one I'm going to go back to is that result at Selhurst Park because I still think that's a fantastic result on the first day of the season. So that result yesterday just kind of amplified um, the good results that we've already picked up. And... Yeah, like, like like I say, I wasn't expecting it to be quite that comfortable. I, I did expect a bit more from Bournemouth, but we kind of held them at arm's length for the entire game. I do I, I do fear for them a little bit. I, I, I like Bournemouth. Um I, I like what they what they represent. I really like, you know, the part of the world they're from, the ground, the supporters. You know, they're they're a very a very nice club to have in the Premier League, but I think they still need to do an awful lot of recruitment. Um and they just, I just they just don't feel like they've got a Premier League team at the minute. So as good as they are, as nice as they are. If they've not got a quality, they're not they're not going to survive in this league. And Scott Parker, I think he's a good manager. Um, he's shown that in the past with Fulham. But again, they need more resources. But focusing on Arsenal, I mean, the way we swept them apart in the first 10 minutes effectively killed the game. And then just, like I say, kind of kept them in their own half. It was, it was just a joy to watch. It was so dominant. And the fact we kind of played like that um, two and a half games in a row really is fantastic and when you look at the games we've got coming up you'd say that we've got the trickier ones out of the way I, I'm not saying Fulham is going to be an easy game I'm not saying Villa's going to be an easy game but if you're looking at the next two fixtures you know who who would you pick out of all the teams that we haven't played yet probably Fulham and Villa especially Villa given the way they're playing so both at home both of the Emirates let's get five wins out of five before we head into that game at Old Trafford yeah, that would be amazing. I mean, especially with the way Manchester United are on the ropes at the moment. But for me, Manchester United, if anyone wants my opinion on it, um, they're, like, they're like the Germans. Don't ever write them off. 
because uh, the, <laughs> they can come back and you know they could come back and start hammering people left, right, and centre um, in the next few weeks. I think what we're seeing at Manchester United is. Do you know what? I don't know if this sounds stupid or not, but I've grown up obviously growing up watching the Premier League. Um, I was I was a young. I think I forget how how old I was when it started in 1992, but. Manchester United were always the team, you know, Manchester United were always a team to watch. So Alex Ferguson, they always had the best players. They played beautiful football, the 4-4-2 with the two wingers, the, you know, the, the, the two midfielders, the two up front. Always had, I always have had a great respect for Manchester United and a great respect for Sir Alex Ferguson. And even though if you went on my Facebook profile, you'd never know that. But that's only bantering my mates who support Manchester United. But... In in a way, Chris, just before I come back on on, on to Arsenal, um, I actually feel sorry for them a little bit. I, I and people say, "How can you feel sorry for them? They've you know they've had it all and they've won it all and and this that and the other." But they are starting to remind me, Chris, of us a couple of years ago when the Cronky protests were going on and the black scarf and you know they're all coming out now in Norwich City scarves for some weird reason. Um, so I think what I'm trying to say is the downfall of Manchester United is quite astounding yeah it is in a really good way (laughs) (laughs) you bad man I so yeah I mean we're all we're all people that have lived through the 90s and the 2000s of United dominance. And so personally, I don't have too much sympathy for what their fans have gone through. So again, I don't want to play the season ticket card, but you know, people listen to this, maybe roll their eyes. But having been at the Emirates for many years and watched us lose on many occasions, having watched us, even when even the post- Sir Alex Ferguson era, when there was a game where, I think, was it the Moyes game, where we drew nil-nil and we battered them. We absolutely battered them. And David De Gea had the game of his life. And it was he was like Nightcrawler, disappearing and reappearing at different corners. Jack Wilshere was clear through four yards out and he gave it to, he just gave it to De Gea, didn't he? Yeah. And we, we just, we battered them and still not got what we deserve. And then... I think for me as well, more than anything else, when we go to Old Trafford, so horrible stat alert, but if you're not going to include the COVID era where we beat them, obviously, with no fans in the stadium, when there's been fans in the stadium, the last time we beat Man United was in 2006. There is like almost every single Premier League team has at least beaten Man United at that stage. They seem to have a hoodoo over us. Mm-hmm. Even last season, they were crap. And they still got a win against us. It's some sort of voodoo doll that some executive at United has over us. So, like Cookie, I'm at the. I want to laugh at them. I really do. I want to get excited about the downfall of United. But there's part of me that's a bit like we might end up winning all of our games and then go to Old Trafford and they skank us one nil on a yeah, penalty. Yeah, yeah. No, it'll be I, I Ronaldo would, uh, on the edge of the box. Yeah, I'd rather we kind of <laughs> to drop points in the next two games just so we don't go there with a. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know, I know, I know. For I, it's always in the back of my mind for all my Facebook posts I've put up now over the last two weeks, winding my mates up, the WhatsApps, the voice notes. 
it's all going to come back to bite me in the ass. I know it is. I know it is. Um, I know it's going to happen. <laughs> but I do personally. I, I don't know if people might. I just. I. Do, I, I just feel. I, I just feel that watching Manchester United, watching Manchester United's demise for me is for. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Hilarious. Hilarious. Delightful. Yeah, no. Delicious. It's not that. The word I'm looking for. Nostalgic. Nostalgia. For nostalgia, is it, the, 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 when you think back to how good they, they have been and how good they were. I, just I think, think though, like, not, not that I want to start previewing the Man United game too much, but the problem they've got is that they're so caught up in who they are that they're not willing to take the type of seasons that we've had in the past couple of years. When you look at the summer we had last year, there was no marquee signing there, apart from arguably Erdegaard, who's the creative stellar name. What we signed last year was a lot of young players that we hoped to train into what we're seeing now, and we're reaping the rewards of having done that over a couple of seasons. But United will not do that. They want to have Stella in all the time. That's why they're se- spending seventy million on Casemiro. You know, thirty years old, who'll be thirty-one this season. I mean, yeah. make it make sense. Like they're just not willing to take that step back to take the step forwards. And it's mm. for that reason that I, like you say, I think they could spring up at any point this season. You know, football's crazy. They could have a win. You know, they could win tomorrow for all we know. And suddenly they go on a massive run. Yeah. We go into them head to head. We've both won so many games on the trot. It could be a massive game. But I just don't see it because the, what I've seen from Ten Hag, where he's played Ericsson as a false nine, and then the next week played him as a central defensive midfielder, reeks of Emery vibes. And then when, where you've got this recruitment policy where they're just throwing money at marquee names to appease the fans, it's like, this is what we've done. We've seen yeah. Pepe. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you look at the trajectory of the two clubs and even I'd throw Chelsea into the mix of that as well, where you look at their trying to target at Bamiyang. And if you look at how they play today, there was nothing from them. Toothless. Mm. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm not getting carried away. We're three games into the season. Um, these teams will ultimately have runs at some point. I'm, I'm certain of it. And I could come back to eat my words. But if you look right now in isolation at the direction of us compared to United and arguably Chelsea, You've got to be really excited as an Arsenal fan. Absolutely. Let's go back to Arsenal, Chris. Um, we went off on a little bit of a tangent there, but um, it's good to discuss these kind of things. It was actually on my mind. I just wanted to... Oh, people might tell us on Twitter, oh, what are you talking about Man United for? It, 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 it was just something that was on my mind and something that I've always thought to myself, Christ, they're down for. It's, it's just amazing. But anyway, our, our rise... Um, back to the summit and like James says let's not get too carried away but let's enjoy it while it's here we're top of the league Um, unbeaten in uh, in three games and it would be very very nice to carry on um, with wins again is it Fulham next? Mm -hmm. Um, and then Aston Villa Uh, I watched Tottenham yesterday I I watched a bit of Tottenham game I I don't get the hype about them I really don't and I've still got my bet on with my mate that Conte doesn't last the season I, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. And he, he he's going to get the ump over something and he'll go. But anyway, um, Bournemouth yesterday, Chris, 3-0, comfortable as you like. Again, I'll, I'll, I'll repeat what I said to James. I was a little bit worried about that fixture. These fixtures are the ones I do worry about. These away from homes in these tight little stadiums with and these noisy fans. You hit the nail on the head, James, uh, saying, you know, I mean, 
Elland Road today was an absolute cauldron um, of noise, and 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 ultimately is what got what got Leeds um, a three 0 victory. I'm always a big advocate of fans helping their teams, and by God, did they help them! But the game was over in eleven minutes, Chris. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? So Arteta talked about this in his press conference. He said we need to appreciate that every game in the Premier League is difficult, and Every team in the Premier League is is going to be difficult. And it really winds me up. The caveat brigade. I talked about this earlier on Twitter, but the caveat brigade of, yeah, but. Yeah, but it's only Bournemouth. Yeah, but it's only pre-season playing Chelsea. Yeah, but it's only Sevilla and they're doing pre-season. Yeah, but it's, you know, the yeah, buts. I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the point of getting sick of the yeah, but brigade. You've got to, this is cliched, but you've got to appreciate that the cliche brigade the cliche side of it is you play whoever's in front of you we've played who's in front of us and we've won three out of three with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. (gasps) No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Rewind one year. We'd played who was in front of us, and we got we, we got zero points out of nine. Now, very different teams. I do appreciate that. But this team is playing with a level of confidence and swagger that it feels like it doesn't matter. And I think I've said that, I don't know if I've said this on this pod or in, in the blog, but there was a season probably 10 years ago or so where we played... 10 games or 12 games and I feel like it was the fixtures went really weird like we played like five or six out of 10 at home and we ended up going 10 games without losing it I feel like there was Haleb there was a Haleb season in there so I think it was when we had a Haleb, Riziki, Fabregas that season where we started off really really well and the momentum was everything the momentum was everything for us we started off really well and it really set us up for a really, really good season. We didn't, you know, get where we wanted to go. But ultimately, we got close because of that momentum. And this feels significant because if we can beat Palace, if we can beat Leicester, if we can beat Bournemouth, if we can beat Fulham, if we can beat uh, Villa before we then go to play Man United, we're sitting top of the league. We are 100% sitting top of the league after five games. And that is significant because those players will start to think, do you know what? This isn't about, let's see if we can fight the scum for top four. Let's see how close we can get to Liverpool and Man City. Because yeah. everyone's talking about Liverpool Man City like they're this, you know, unicorn, uh, this utopia land where we can't get anywhere close to. But 
momentum can be everything. You know, you beat, you win five in a row and you go to Old Trafford and you swagger up to Old Trafford. And if they're still, you know, in uh, weird doldrums, you end up somehow managing to get a deserved win. You know, it might be difficult because, I don't know, Anthony Taylor might decide that Gabriel Jesus's uh, hairline is too long or too short or something and uh, give United a random penalty from somewhere. But, you know, you go there and you you play them off the park and you get a victory and suddenly you're going to the North London derby going six wins out of six, lads. Let's take on Tottenham and who knows, maybe you get a win out. We've got a good record at home against Tottenham. And suddenly you're thinking, wow, this team has done the business in the games that are the yeah buts and they're doing the business in the games that are the big games. Hey, anything's possible. Because they are the games that I look at, you know, they are the games that we all look at. When the fixture list comes, when the fixture list comes out, obviously it's Tottenham, when are we playing Tottenham at home, when are we playing Tottenham away? Then after that, for me, it's Man United. I'm looking at when we're playing Man United. Then after that, I'm looking at when we're playing Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester City. They're the games that I always get, you know, always get nervous about. They're the games you always want to win, obviously, because you've got mates who support Chelsea, you've got mates, Liverpool, Man City, this, that, and the other. I haven't got too many Bournemouth supporting mates, I haven't got many Leicester City supporting mates. But this season feels different for me, James. I am, you know, going to Old Trafford, I, I'd be more worried about going to Bournemouth yesterday then I will be going to Old Trafford. And I haven't had that feeling for a very, very, very long time. You know, I, I, I'd love us, you know, Tottenham away even. I know it's a, I know it's a bit of a way away yet, but I mean, last season, I was dreading it going there and my, my, my nightmares were answered. We got spanked. But this year, I'm not, you know, I'm not afraid to go up to Manchester City. I'm not afraid to go up to Liverpool. I'm not afraid... Um, to play away at Old Trafford because I really, really think that Mikel Arteta, although it's taken him three years and it, or three or four years or whatever it is, and we've had some heartache and we've had some pain. I mean, even he, Aaron Ramsdale's interview yesterday after the game, I don't know if any of you saw it, um, and he said like the whole squad at the end of the season, like the whole squad were, you know, their hearts were broke for two weeks. They couldn't get over it. They couldn't get over the fact that they were so close and they just, you know, they left it all away. But Aaron Ramsdale says that we're they're more ruthless now. And he can see it throughout the whole squad. I still haven't watched a documentary, but I'm still hearing people. I'm still watching people. I'm still people tweeting about it, how I wasn't an Arteta fan last year, but I am now. How much of that, James, do you think is rubbing off? Because they see that. The players do see social media and they do see people saying stuff like that. Has that got, has that rubbed off on the players to think, Christ, you know, they are actually with us and they are actually behind us more than ever. And this stuff of, you know, this this stuff of the Wenger out and the Emery out and all this is, 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 is a thing of the past. And we are actually moving on collectively as a club, everyone, every single one of us. I truly believe now we are as close as we will ever be to all areas of the club genuinely being connected i haven't felt that for i haven't felt yeah. that really um 
you know, as much as we criticised the Cronkies, you have to hand it to Josh Cronkey. His transparency, visibility and involvement uh, within the, the the team has been good. And I really like the fact that it's only a small detail, but he was one of the first people to message Bakayo Saka after the uh, penalty miss for England, um, which I think shows, you know, he is getting involved. He's doing everything he possibly can do. And, so, you know, I mentioned it before. I'm not too fussed about Stan Kroenke's involvement, just so long as we know that there is someone within KSE dedicated to having Arsenal's best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. And I feel that even though the Super League was a massive mistake, what we're seeing now is uh, ownership that is genuinely backing the manager um, and wants to have visibility at all levels. I really do believe that. And the way the players are connected with the fans now, if you just look at the game yesterday, the way they just took a couple of minutes just to watch the supporters singing at the end of the game, I think that you know the love is reciprocated both ways. In fact, mm. I certainly hope it is. Um, I really feel it. And I think this group of players, I don't think their heads will be turned. I don't think there's any unsettlement. Obviously, there's a couple of players that you know we, we need to move on. Bellerin, Maitland-Niles, Pepe, um, and, you know, a bit further down the line, we'll be looking to move on the likes of Cedric and Elneny, but victory through harmony, that's that's the old saying, isn't it? And that's what I really feel um, is resonating throughout Arsenal at the minute. And just quickly going back to the previous points you were discussing about those tough games against the likes of Liverpool, City, uh, Chelsea, Tottenham. October's a really defining month for us because... You, you could say up until the international break, we've actually got quite a favourable fixture this, even though United's in that. We've got Everton at home after Old Trafford and then Brentford away, which will be a very difficult game. But we could be going into the international break on a very healthy points total, potentially not having lost the game, which would be great. But in October, Tottenham, Liverpool, Leeds away, that'll be very difficult. Mm. City at home, Southampton away, then Forest at home. So, you know, if they're all pretty tough games but what I like is that those games against Spurs Liverpool and City are all at home and although I think part of me would like to have some of those big fixtures at home later on in the season when the the stakes are going to be higher what we've really got now is an opportunity whilst the momentum is hopefully with us still in October to really test our mettle against these guys and um, I honestly believe having watched the likes of City Liverpool Spurs so far this season we will give them a game we really will. And I think we've got to be winning at least two out of those those three games. And I believe, saying it right now, that we will. I, I do think, you know, Liverpool are a team we can certainly beat. And ultimately, I believe we can score goals against anyone, yeah. which I didn't feel last season. You know, if we went a goal down, nah, it's over. Mm. You know, we're not, we're not going to get back into this. If we don't look like scoring, we don't look like scoring. You know, we're not going to win the game. But now... I'll be amazed if we don't score nine goals in three games. We'll score goals against any defence in the league this season. I'm very confident of that because we've got transformative players and we've got players that work really, really hard. Martinelli was tough enough to mark alone last season, but now we've effectively got two of him with Jesus. And if you're putting all your efforts on them, then you're leaving Saka open as well. So talent is oozing everywhere. And uh, I think Chris wants to chip in, so I'll hand it over to him. Do you know... I don't want to jinx it. I really don't. But when Klopp first took over at Liverpool, they, they had their first season where it was like a little bit unsure. You know, they weren't amazing. They did the job. You know, they played well at times. But they didn't play well at times. But there were people that said to me, you just look at what he's trying to build. And there's, in fact, my old one of my old bosses who's a season ticket holder at, at Arsenal said, 
within 18 months, he'll either get them winning the league or they'll come close to it. And that's pretty much what happened. There was just something like people talked about, oh, Liverpool fans are so energised and they really feel like there's something building at Liverpool. Even before they were winning stuff, it was like, there's something building at Liverpool. We've been talking about this for 18 months for Arteta. This isn't, so Arteta has been at the club longer than 18 months. We haven't been talking about it for 18 months, but since the beginning of last season, we've talked about well, maybe not last season because the first three games, everyone's having their questions. But I would say, again, if you're thinking of the timeline of the All or Nothing documentary, the last, so once it got to about October time and the fans really started to pick up on that, and I was, I went to the West Brom game in the League Cup and we won 6-0. And there was just something there. But it was like the tiniest, tiniest spark of something there. And that built and built and built and built last season. And now it feels like that's still building. So, again, I don't want to get people too excited. I don't want to be accused of, oh, you're making, you know, comments about Arsenal being like Liverpool, but... It feels similar to that scenario to me, to my eyes. It feels very similar to those early days of Liverpool. And so that's why I'm quite excited to see what happens in the next three months at Arsenal, because it feels like it could potentially touch wood, fingers crossed, you know, four leaf clovers, all of that sort of stuff. It feels like we could actually get there. We could be close there. And mm. it feels like we're building on it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying we're going to go and win the league. You know, I mean, I've, I think I don't think any Arsenal fan actually believes. What look, there might be, and if they do believe that, then that's great, and I love, I, I admire it. I don't believe we, I don't believe we can, can win the league. I, I still feel, I still think we'll 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 fall short um, of of winning leagues. But to be up there with Liverpool, Manchester City, you know, Spurs, Chelsea whoever you want to talk to, just to be up there and challenging them and beating them and taking points off them you know, is something that we haven't seen for, for, for a very long time. And I, I feel very positive about the club at the moment. People can call me a positive merchant, this, that and the other. But when it comes down to it, I've backed that man since day one. And I'm hoping now that for all those people like me that have backed him, that we're going to see, we're, we're going to get a, an end result we're gonna get, you know, we're gonna get a gift um, because we had the patience, because we could see what he was doing, because we didn't get, you know, we didn't get baited with all the negativity. Oh, you know, I'll tear out. You must be I'll tear out. He's ruining our club. This, that, and the other. But yesterday, even, even yesterday, Martin Odegaard again, absolutely superb. And I'm seeing tweets about, oh, Odegaard's not good enough. He's not linking up with Gabriel Jesus and this. I mean, like, what were you watching yesterday? Like, what? You know, you, you you claim to be this Arsenal fan that's got all you know that's got everything in your head. What were you watching? Tweeting out after we won three 0 about Odegaard not linking up with Gabriel Jesus. Deary me, what game were you watching? He was fantastic again yesterday, James Odegaard. Um, and we were talking about it. And I thought um, Saka had a good game yesterday as well. We were talking. We were talking last week about how. We thought he wasn't playing very well because everything was going down the left. But yesterday, if 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 I'm watching the game correctly, a lot of the stuff went down the right, and he, he, he's had a good game. Yeah, on Erdegaard, I mean, we've spoken about this before. Even if he's not having his best game, what you're going to get from him is that work rate, 
and you can always rely on him for that, which is where I think the difference lies between him and someone like Mesut Ozil. So he's always a useful player to have in the team, even if he's not delivering his absolute best. But what we saw yesterday was his best, I believe. And given that he he's had some good opportunities to score in the couple of games that have gone by, um, and the confidence he, he took, especially that second one with... I think he'd have hesitated if he hadn't scored that first one before. Mm. So for him to go into that with so much confidence to nick it off Jesus when he could have just backed off of it and let, uh, let, let, let Gabby take the initiative. He didn't do that. He said, this is mine. I'm going to go for a shot. And what a goal it was. And just the way he, he linked up the play, linked up with his teammates, absolutely phenomenal, um, phenomenal player. And he's just maturing. And that's what I, what I love about him. And it's, uh, it's him combining with the rest of the team. Um, I think... On the Saka point, he will benefit a lot more when we have Tommy Yasu coming back into the team. I think that's the only thing that's maybe hindering him at the minute. Ben White, you know, solid again yesterday, defensively really astute and actually offered quite a lot going forward. His crossing lets him down a little bit because he's a centre-half. I'm not going to, you know, pick holes at him for that. But when Tommy Yasu comes in, the more natural right-back, the guy that's going to allow Saka to express himself, to link up with him, that's when I think we'll see Saka get a lot more involved. I don't think that's going to happen too soon. I think we're going to see more of this slow integration of Tomiyasu and Tierney into the team over time. Um, but I would like to see, I think against Villa would be a good time to see Tomiyasu play at right back because we have to make a bit of rotation with that game in mind. So yeah, I, you know, I, I can't point the finger at anyone. Everyone in this team mm. is performing at the minute and it's, it's, it's a joy to see. Do you know what I noticed yesterday? I don't, I don't know if anyone else noticed it as well, but something I noticed and something I was very happy to see is that you have Gabriel Jesus playing for us, a goal-hungry centre-forward um, who is, you know, absolute class. The second goal, he was just about to wind up to hit that and Martin Odegaard comes, you know, comes and hits it first and puts it in the back of the net. Now, Gabriel Jesus' first reaction was to run off in celebration. He didn't care that Martin Odegaard took that off his foot. He didn't give a flying, you know what? He, as long as that ball went in the back of the net, that was all he, he was worried about. And to see that kind of thing says everything about this Arsenal team. Because you're like, I've seen that happen in other teams. And you can see that the striker that's had it pinched off his toe has got the ump. Because you know, because he because he, he he was denied a goal. But you watch it again. The as soon as that ball hits the net, Gabriel Jesus is running around, is running away with his arms raised, just like he's he's hit the back of the net. And Chris, that that's a massive. You know, that is a massive togetherness to see to see players doing that kind of thing. Yes, it, it's really good. It's lovely. It's heartwarming. And uh, do you know what's interesting is. It makes you think about what Arteta has been talking about over the last, well, the summer and also probably last summer as well, the type of mentality of footballer that he's looking for. And we talked about when he arrived, we all looked at him and we looked at his press conferences and he's talked about non-negotiables and he's talked about, well, I want this type of player and that type of player. And in our heads, we were like, okay, fair enough. And then we saw certain performances and we thought, well, where's this on the scale of non-negotiables? These players aren't putting the effort in. These players aren't putting that effort in. But what I think, again, I don't want to go draw back too much on the 
documentary, the all or nothing doc- documentary. But what it shows is that actually it's not football isn't like a linear black and white situation. You can't just look at a team and go, OK, so I've got these players and I've decided that of these 25 players, I only like three of them. So I'd like to take all of these 22 players and put them in the bin and then I'll have another 22 players. It's not like a game of cards. It's not like a game of whist where you can just go, I'll just change my whole hand, please. You have to actually, it's going to take time to change your hand, so to speak. And Arteta has essentially said, look, I'm going to work with this. I'm going to work with these these players, but I need I need to essentially completely, I need to have a new hand dealt, please. And so that's what he's, and, and the new hand that I, I want is players that have a certain type of mentality. They need to be of a certain type of quality, of course, but they need to have a certain type of mentality as well. And I think the signing of Zinchenko was a really interesting one because I, and Gabriel Jesus, yes, and Zinchenko as well. I think both of them have a certain type of mentality that I think Arteta was just like, I'll have, I'll have them, please. I, it wouldn't surprise me I mean, if you could do like a full, if you can say to Arteta, you can have any player from the Man City team. You could literally take the entire Man City team and turn them into Arsenal players, like take them all, do like a full poker or card type game, swap players in and swap players out. I suspect there'd be a number of players that Arteta would say, I'm OK, actually, I'll leave those players. They can stay at Man City. And there'd be certain players that he'd say, yep, I want them. And I'm not saying that he'd you know, there's more Arsenal players he'd chunk, chuck into Man City and more Man City players he'd chuck into Arsenal. But I wonder if he got the players he wanted. And as a result of that, he's he's augmented the play. Some of the players that he wanted, Zinchenko, Gabriel, Jesus, he's brought them in. He's augmented that with some of the players that he want he wanted to bring in Arsenal with the right mentality and the result of which is what we're seeing now again maybe we're getting too excited maybe it's only three games in maybe we've just played Crystal Palace away Leicester at home Bournemouth you know Bournemouth away who are a newly promoted team and maybe we're getting too excited but the foundations of what I've seen makes me feel like he's essentially looked at He's learned the situations from where he's grown up at Man City from a coaching perspective and said, I know what it takes to win. I'm going to have these types of players. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Absolutely brilliant, man. I mean, like, there is going to be people out there that are going to say we're being too positive, we're getting carried away, we're getting this and we're getting that. But I un- and and to be honest with you, I can understand where they're coming from. Perhaps we are, like you said, you roll off the teams there: Crystal Palace away, Leicester at home, Bournemouth away. But the way the 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 way I'll change that is is that two or three years ago, those games would be going. Oh my God, we've got to go away to Bournemouth. Oh my God, we've got to go away to Crystal Palace. Oh, we've got Leicester at home. 
and we and we've swept them aside this year. Now, of course, the test comes when we play Manchester United. Of course, the test comes when we come up against Tottenham, Manchester City, Everton, uh, Everton, uh, Manchester City, Liverpool. Um, but what I'm trying to get at here is that this season I feel totally different about playing those teams because I believe that we can get we can like James says. We can score goals against them. And I actually believe this season we can take some points off them. My next question is, James, is about the team. Now, we were talking about, you hit, you you mentioned Kieran Tierney, Tommy Yusu. What does Mikhail Arteta do when these two players are fit again? If we're still winning and he's got these two players 100% fit, what does he do? Does he break that? Does he Does he break that winning team? Or does he leave it? You know, does he leave it how it is and 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 risk? I don't know. Risk Tierney getting the ump. Risk Tommy Usu getting the ump. Risk them. Not that I don't think it would happen, but you've seen it happen before, where players fall out of sorts and they kind of go missing, and all of a sudden they're playing Coca Cola Cup matches or uh, Coca Cola Cup. Christ, I'm going. I don't know what's going on here in my brain tonight. Carling Cup uh, matches or Europa League matches. They become unhappy. They, you know. That's a, he's got a massive decision to make there now when when those two boys are fully fit. He's doing the right thing for me at the minute, and that's very, very gradually integrating them into the team. We saw Tinny's come on in all three of the games so yeah. far this season. Tommy Yasu came on against Leicester, came on again yesterday. Mm. So the way he's integrating two what were injury-prone players last season, I don't think they can have any arguments. And they're probably saying, I would hope they're saying, okay, this makes sense. It's for the benefit of the team and it's for the benefit of us as well. And like I was, I was saying earlier, looking ahead to those games against Fulham and Villa, I'd be surprised if he didn't make some slight rotation given that those games are in such close proximity. And the obvious changes to make for for me would be at fullback because I feel like especially against Villa at home, you could easily switch to fullbacks. It wouldn't make too much of a difference. Um, and that could even be a game where we play Zinchenko in midfield, for example, because he, he's undroppable at the minute. I think one of the reasons why Zinchenko played so well against form of yesterday is because we were so ball dominant and that allows him to do what he does best. We have seen in the game against Palace and at times in the game against Leicester that he can be exposed. And that's why I do believe there is still a huge role for Tierney to play in this team when we do go away from home against teams that are going to have spells like Palace did against us for 10, 20, 30 minutes. That's where we need Kieran, Kieran Tierney. Um, so I think he's still got a huge role to play and I would be selective about who plays at left-back. On the right-hand side, I certainly would be inclined to start shifting towards bringing Tommy Asu in because as much as I love Ben White and I don't want to drop him, we do need a proper right-back player and a right-back at some point to get the best out of Bukayo Saka and Martin Erdegaard, as I was saying before. So that's something I'll be looking to do in the coming weeks and hopefully Tommy Asu can have an injury-free season. But we've got the Europa League coming up and the games are going to come thick and fast because we're crowning them in with this Winter World Cup. So, you know, Ben White might have to accept that he's going to be a rotational centre-back this season. Um, but he's, he's a damn good option to have and he's still going to play a lot of football. So it's much nicer to have him coming into the team rather than Rob Holding. And Rob Holding's still going to be an option that we've got as well. And he's, he's a you know a good option to have in the team as well. So it's it's really good that we've got so many options to pick from. The one 
that I would be worried about is if Partey gets injured, then we have to revert to Elneny. Or do we look to play Jacker in there and potentially have someone like Lekonga playing where Jacker's playing at the minute? That's something that I think needs a bit of force. And until that situation happens, which fingers crossed it doesn't happen, then I'd like to see what, what the, the club do in that situation. But that's why the Europa League excites me as well, because I'd like to see Partey given a rest then and see how we play without him in a different formation with different players. But the team is um, as exciting as it's been for for years. And the options we've got, the strength and depth, we've got the quality and depth. Mm. And I want to see a bit of Nketiah as well. Like, I feel like he's been good every time he's come off the bench. So, yeah. Yeah, exciting times, man. Exciting times. And let's get let's get another winger in now with Pepe uh, seemingly off. Yes, exactly. Chris, what I just said to James there about Tommy Osu and, and Kieran Tierney, is there risk of backlash? Um, you know, let's say he brings in Tommy Osu and he brings in Kieran Tierney for the Fulham game and we get beat. You can imagine the backlash. Oh, why did he change the winning team? Why did he do this? Why did he bring them in? He should have kept it at the same. Would, do you think something like that would be in the back of his head? I am a advocate of, as you probably know because of the Twitters, um, you don't change a winning team no. in any way, shape or film. Do not change a winning team. And do you know what? That's the narrative that actually you need to put to those players as well. You need to be able to say, as if, you're, if I'm Mikel Arteta and he's the same age as me, which is bloody scary, by the way, uh, you know, he's manager of Arsenal and... Yeah, I, I I just wanted to play for Arsenal, but I didn't get anywhere near for it. But um, yeah, if I'm uh, if I'm in Arteta's position, I say to Tommy Asu and I say to T- Kieran Tierney, you guys are absolutely part of my plan. You know, I think you're both fantastic. You are going to play football and you're going to play football regularly. But here's the deal. When the team is playing amazing, you need to just embrace that, appreciate that, love that, be part of that. Because there will be a time where Zinchenko might not be fit and you'll get in. And then when Zinchenko is fit, if we're winning and playing football amazingly, then Zinchenko's going to need to say, do you know what? You know, fair play. We're winning football matches. You don't change a winning team. And it's exactly the same with Tommy Asu. You need to say, Tommy Asu, look, you are... 100% 100% part of the team. You're amazing. You're fantastic. You are going to get regular football. And I think that's part of what he's been doing. So he's been, have you noticed when he makes his subs, like everyone talks about tactical subs as if like the five sub rule has changed things. And, you know, it will do. You're going to need to, you're going to need to change things. You know, we're winning 2 0 or we're winning 1 0 and we're, we're up against it. So we're going to switch from a back four to a back three. You know, the old days last season of, of holding coming in, you know, that big back three type stuff. This, that's going to happen. However, I feel like what Arteta's doing with his subs this season is he's making statements or he's making comments to Tomiyasu and Tierney and the like and saying, look, I know I'm only bringing you on for 10, 15 minutes, but the reason I'm bringing you on is because I want to keep you fresh because I know you're ready for it. And I know you are, you deserve to be in the team. It's the same with Nketiah. Like last season, he just didn't use Nketiah. Mm. He just didn't, re- until we got to the point in which Lacazette was so bad that he had no other option. Well, I think Whereas, on that as well, sorry, mate, I think it's just, no, no, go on. What, what, what I got with Nketiah last year was he would bring him on in an act of desperation. And that's yeah. not how you should be bringing him on because it doesn't reflect well on him. 
And the way he's integrating him into the team now, it's more like we're bringing you on because we want to bring you on. We want you to, you know, show what you can do. Whereas before it was like, right, we've got nothing else. Eddie, get on. Um, yeah, that's all I was going to say. Exactly no, you're 100 percent right. That is exactly what Arteta's doing. Arteta is now like Eddie. Look, last season we started the season with Ober as number one, Lacazette as first reserve, and you were, if something happens, maybe you'll get some chances. And then Enketia, and that's why we were all a bit like, mm, he's out the door, he's gone. And then the situation with Ober happened. And he's off, he's off, he's done, you know, he's not part of the plans. Okay, so now we've got Lacazette. But last season we had Lacazette or nobody. That's what it felt. Mm. And then we got to a point where it was so bad with Lacazette that we said, well, we're just going to have to try it, Enketia. And Enketia, to be fair to him, stepped up and was amazing. And so now I think what's happened is Enketia, Arteta said, do you know what, mate? You were so amazing. You've done the business that... You're going to be used more regularly. I'm going to integrate you. And he. I'm going to try you f- to find you as many minutes as possible as I can. And that's why we've seen him in basically every game this season. Yeah. I think Anketia took his chance really well. And like, I mean, should have scored yesterday. Should have had a goal himself yesterday. Um, but I've always said, and I've always said it going back from the Gunnarsholt days to, to same old Arsenal days, like we've never had... A squad like and James, you know, James touched on it earlier there. Now, I don't think we've ever had a squad where we've got quality reinforcement in every single position. Now, take the Oliver Giroud days, like Olivier Giroud didn't have to play well because he knew he was going to play because there's no one else there to there was there was no one else there to come along and take his position. There's been positions in the team for a long time where there's been no no challenge for, for a position, and, and I think players can get. You know they can get lethargic and they can get they can get too settled. You know the feet can go under the table. That's why I don't need to put in a performance. I, I'm going to play next week. I'm going to play next week anyway. Um, so to have that to have that squad depth is is absolutely amazing. Just before um, I go to a couple of user questions and uh, we are getting to the end of the podcast now. Just that hour has gone quick, isn't it? Um, we have to mention. Uh, William, Saliba, Dino, Ronaldo. Um, what a goal. What a goal. What a strike. Um, I was watching When that comes back to him, I'm like, don't hit that. Oh, my God. You stuck it in the top corner. <laughs> James, what a goal that was from a centre-back. Do you know? What oh, a strike. Mate. Beautiful. I could watch it on repeat. I could listen to that chant on repeat all day. Someone please just make me a compilation of that goal on repeat yeah. with that chant on an hour-long loop. I'll be a very happy man. But he has been as transformative to this team as Jesus. Mm, I, I, yeah. I think it's as simple as that. Like I've got so much faith in our back four at the minute. And with his technical ability and his ability to do that, which we didn't know he had in his locker. I mean, that'll probably be a one-off, but my God, what what a player we've got. And to have such transformative impacts at both ends of the pitch, it's it's so good. Like, it's so, so, so good. And given, given that he's only 21 as well, I mean, it's, it's beyond belief how young he is. He must be one of the youngest yeah. centre-backs playing regularly in the Premier League. So I'm, I, I cannot put into us just how grateful I am to have him as a part mm-hmm. of this squad yeah. and just how much faith he's 
he, you know, he's restored my faith in Arsenal's defence. I thought our defence was good last season. I now think it's impeccable. Um, and it's a far cry from the likes of David Luiz, Mustafi and Socrates. I'll never be more grateful for this back line that we've got at the minute. Do you know what? I absolutely agree with you. I, I'm just going to say this now. Like, until he signs that contract, I'm really, really worried that all of the big clubs are going to start sniffing because he's fucking brilliant. Oh, sorry. Bad language. He's effing brilliant. And I worry that if we get six months of Saliba being brilliant, all of the big clubs, the Real Madrid's of the like, are going to... It's not so much the English clubs, but certainly the Real Madrid... It wouldn't surprise me if those crafty, dirty Madristas just have a little word in his ear saying, look, we'll come for you next summer and uh, we'll give you, we'll offer you big money and you could be a first choice centre-half and you play for Real Madrid. And it's we've just got used to Real Madrid getting whoever they want. And so my hope is that they just ignore him and we can get ourselves a uh, new deal out of the guy because if I could, I'd love to have him another 10 years. He's, he's looking absolutely fantastic. I was worried I think, two or three sorry, weeks ago. Sorry, mate. I think, I think that's going to happen. You know, the, those clubs will sniff around. If he's good enough, they're going to sniff around him, whether he signs a, a five-year, 10-year, 20-year deal. Like, they're going to be... Yeah, but the problem is, is that if he doesn't sign a new deal, is that next summer, those clubs will sniff around him and sniff oh. around him with, pen, like, literally shocking, shockingly low valuations. Oh, no, I agree with He's only got a year back on his deal. If he had five years on his, or four years on his deal in the summer and Real Madrid come along and say £100 million, you say, all right, fair enough. But the worry is, is that we get shafted. I'm going to join your favourite club here, Chris, the Caveat Club. I would say that because of the the love that he's receiving from the fans at the minute, it, there's got to come a point where he's like, right, this is this is the place for me, and I'd hope he sees that Arsenal. Let's not forget he signed yeah. his future to Arsenal at 18 years old. There was so much buzz from him about joining Arsenal, as much as there was about us signing. He was buzzing about joining Arsenal. You know, we've seen all the photos of him in in Arsenal shirts when he was younger. He's French, which has a huge. In, you know, loads of French players have grown up saying how much of an influence Arsene Wenger and Arsenal had because of their French connection. This is the club for him. Yeah, we've I just agree. got to convince him. I agree with you. I believe that this is the club for him at this present moment. If he, I mean, he's 21 years old. If he signs a four-year four deal at Arsenal and 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 becomes this world-class defender, he's still going to be 25 at the end of his deal. We're still going to recoup what we paid for him and more. And, you know, if he signs, let's say he signs a four-year deal, he plays for us for four years, we win some trophies, we, we have a league in there. And then after the, after the four years, he says, look, lads, it's been great. I'm off to Real Madrid. I'm off to Barcelona. I'm off to whoever. You know, I am not going to sit, I am not going to begrudge him that move um, to, to a club like that. But do you think, sorry, mate, like, we're seeing, let, let's say, hypothetically, he signs this deal. We get him penned down till 2026, 27, whenever it may be. You're seeing bids for Fafana in excess of 80 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So how much is Saliba worth? Because yeah, for me, I, I wouldn't even blink at 150 million yeah. at the minute if we're yeah. talking about Fafana being 80 million. Going on, what? I mean, going on the prices that we're seeing at the moment, he's worth 150 million pounds of anyone's money. I don't care what anyone says right now. Right, right now, if it, you know, if we, 
looks like Chris said now, if he was st- if he was on a four year deal right now, it's 150 million. It, well, it's 100 plus. It's 100. You've got to be coming to us with 100 plus. He's that good. I, I agree with you. The challenge I've got in my head is he's not on a four year deal. And I just worry like yeah, yeah, agents, agents talk to clubs all the time. And William Saliba's agents will have been talking to multiple clubs right now. So I'm a bit loath to go a bit too deep into this because I feel like we should be focusing more on the fact that we've just won three games and all is good and that sort of stuff. It's just, it's something I want to bring up now so that in six months time, if he hasn't signed a deal, we can have a conversation. I could be like, see, I told you I was right to be worried. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Well, I I don't think, I don't think we've got anything to worry about. I've, I don't think we've got anything to worry. Two or three weeks ago I was, the way I look at him, the way I see him, the way I see he's playing, the way he celebrated that goal yesterday, mm. I think he's going to stay here. And I, I, I truly believe that he, that I truly believe this is a club for him for the next five years. And I think that he knows that as well. I, 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 I honestly do. Go to the Twitter questions. I've only got one, which is a bit disappointing, but as always, we'll ask it um, at the end of the show. Thank you very much, Karen, for your question. Hopefully next week we might get some more. Um, Karen says, how many goals do we think Gabriel Jesus is going to score this season? James, quick fire, because I know that um, some of us have got to do the offs. So, quick fire, James. In all competitions. All competitions. 27. Chris? 20, but I will caveat that by saying, just like yesterday, he will have an impact on 40. He'll have an impact on 40 goals. He'll probably score 20. I'm going for 30. I reckon he'll score 30 in all competitions. Beautiful. Um, uh, uh, yeah, absolutely beautiful. And, uh, God, it's been a long time since I've said that about an Arsenal striker. How good is that? Brilliant. People of all ages, people, Arsenal fans, thank you very much for listening. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to James and Chris this evening, as every week it is. Um, talking talking to uh, two lads who love the club as much as me and who love the club as much as you and anyone else that follows this great club. James, thank you very much indeed for your time this evening. Thank you for having me on, mate. Absolute pleasure as always talking to you fine gents. Christopher, thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much. Do you want to mention the uh, Patreon uh, competition that we've got? Uh, yep. Because it will make my uh, own narcissism a little bit... Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we are running a competition. Um, the, uh, it's a Patreon competition. We have a competition up at the moment. Um, it will, it's called Buy Craig a Pint. It will cost you four euros to enter or four pounds or four dollars. I can't actually remember um, what I think it's in euros. I think it's four euros. I think it's four euros or whatever it is. It will be for your exchange rate, whether you're listening in America, uh, Ireland or anywhere else in the world that you're listening. Um you will go into the draw to win a match day ticket and not only win a match day ticket, but actually get to sit next to Chris. That must be a horrible experience. For four pounds to win a match ticket to sit next to Chris. I mean, four euros. It's got to be worth four euros, isn't it? Certainly has. I'll leave the link to it below in the description. 
this is not something um, that you have to do. It's not, you know, if you don't want to do it, then that's fine. You can carry on listening to us for free for the rest of your lives. For the, for, for the, you can carry on listening for free for as long as we carry on. But if you'd like to enter it, I'll put the link in the description um, and you might be able to win yourself um, a match day out with Chris. I mean, you know, I might even enter it myself. Um, what a horrible experience. Oh, well, who knows? It could be horrible. The people could be sending me letters of complaint telling me what a div you are, but <laughs> it's, you know, it's, I mean, it's yeah, it's something we're going to have to take the risk on. People, thank you very much uh, for listening to us. We really, really do appreciate it. I know there's a lot of top quality Arsenal podcasts and a lot of top quality Arsenal content out there. Um, thank you for choosing to listen to us. It's much, much appreciated. And until the next time I get to talk to you all, up the Arsenal and be nice to each other. All the best. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.